0: The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. This is a special edition of that show. I'm Ralph Russo, the college football writer with the Associated Press, and I was the guest on Get Out of Here, the AP's travel podcast with Scott Mayerwitz eh, about two weeks ago. We're going to play that podcast as a special edition of our podcast where I talk to Scott about what it's like to travel a lot to small college towns, by planes, trains, and well, definitely automobiles, rarely trains. And some of my tips for fun and successful travel, be it through airports and picking the right hotels and picking a good place to eat. So this is the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. It's a special edition of It with me as a guest on Get Out of Here with Scott Meyerwitz. Hope you enjoy the show and come back for more of our show next week with more football at the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. And away we go.
1: Long hours, missed flights, strange towns, days away from our families. There's nothing glamorous about work trips, especially if you're a frequent traveler. But there are ways to make those trips tolerable, even a bit of fun. Any good road warrior has made mistakes, learned lessons, and adapted. And when they share those lessons, it can be priceless. Those tips can make any trip better, even a family vacation. I'm Scott Mayerwitz, host of Get Outta Here, the AP Travel Podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember to rate us and leave a review. Joining us this week is one of those road warriors. My colleague, Ralph Russo, who covers college football for the AP and hosts the fantastic AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. If you haven't listened to it yet, you must. During football season, Ralph travels a lot. We're talking up to 50 days on the road from late August to mid-January. Plus, more during the off-season. So today, we're going to swap some travel secrets. Welcome, Ralph. Hey, Scott. How are you today? I'm great and happy to be home in New York.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, uh, I am off the road this week, uh, but I was actually in South Bend, Indiana all of last week. My trips have conformed a little bit over the years. I've been doing this job for 12 years to where they are a little less frequent, but they tend to be longer.
1: That's good because there was a time when I would travel constantly when I was uh, our airline reporter at AP. There was one trip where I did nine domestic flights in five days in a row, I, and I made the mistake of switching time zones each day.
0: It was horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot with the flights. And you know, last year I had a run where. Uh, It was, again, not that many trips, but it was three in the course of a month that pretty much took up almost the whole month. I I think there was a a span of, I think it was 24 days last September, I was on the road, and it was Notre Dame again, it was Wyoming, and there was one other And I can't – or in Alabama. So those three places, uh, each for about a week during September last year. It doesn't look like I'm going to have anything quite that intense this year, but we'll see. I mean, the season's young.
1: I I always joke with people in the travel world, you know, I woke up this morning – I wasn't sure what town I was in, but I knew it was a Marriott. And after a while, it does seem to be a little bit repetitive like that. So let's talk about some of the things that you do to get out of that grind. And let's start with food. You know, you're in a strange town.
0: How do you find a good place to eat? Well, um a lot of times I'm in a place where I've been before, right? So, uh, I, you know, college football tends you tends to send you to a lot of similar places, right? Alabama is always good, so I tend to be in Alabama a fair amount. Ohio State's usually good, so I know Columbus fairly well. Um, in Columbus, I have a brother who lives there, so that really helps me, and I really know that town. So part of it is, you know, learned behavior. I know Thurman's Burgers in Columbus are great, so I can go there. Um I know the great barbecue places in Tuscaloosa, so I can go there. But if I go to a place where I haven't been as frequently or I haven't been in a while, a a couple of things. Obviously, there's always Yelp, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a a solid standby. But what I tend to do is I've got about 30,000 Twitter followers. Most of them are college football fans. So I will tweet out, hey, I'm in Waco, Texas, uh, covering Baylor this week. Where should I eat? And usually, almost always, I will get good answers. Now, in a big city, maybe I might be a little more sort of on my own and think, like, you know, I'll find someplace good. But in some of the smaller college towns, usually that's a great way to find a pretty good place to eat. You get a local suggestion. And I've gotten, you know, great suggestions all over the country. I used to Waco is one of those places. Gainesville, I've had a few good, good suggestions there. And probably an invite or two to a tailgate party, right? <laughs> Every once in a while, you'll get a little, or hey, come to my place, come to my <laughs> restaurant. Um, so you get a little bit of that, and that. So I, I love doing that because it sort of a announces I'm here, right, to my followers uh, to a certain degree, um, and again, you get the the local flavor and those suggestions as opposed to something that may sort of randomly come up on Yelp. Or something that you research yourself, but you're not sure exactly, like, is this the best place for people to go?
1: So let's assume that we, not everyone listening today, has 30,000 Twitter followers. (laughs) Um, Or, you know, there's no advance planning. You're driving down the road. You're hungry. You got to stop in a chain restaurant or something. Is there a preference there? How do you kind of
0: keep it going <laughs> yeah definitely and a lot of my travel also I should say involves car travel like you know because you go to college towns and you're not always flying into a college town you can't fly into Manhattan Kansas yeah. you'll <laughs> fly into Kansas City and drive over um, so I do a lot of car traveling as well um, I will say you're right I, I tend not to get too adventurous in those spots when I sort of need something quick. And I'm, I'm just bouncing around, uh, especially by, via the car. But there are a, a certain chains that I tend to fall back on, right? If, if I have a little extra time, I will always try to find a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I love Cracker Barrel. My parents uh, moved down to Florida a long time ago. They love the place, so that's an easy one. Um, Panera tends to be one that I, I gravitate to. If I'm in a town and I want to work while eating, mm-hmm. which I do a lot of, I do a lot of working lunches. So I'm not necessarily looking for the cool place where I can get a great local meal. I really just want a place where I can get some Wi-Fi and a decent and a decent whatever, a decent salad. So Panera, and um, you know, I was just in South Bend, uh, Indiana last weekend for a Notre Dame game, and there's a McAllister's right next to the hotel I stay at. Um, they have great sweet tea. It's not very crowded. the I can grab a booth where with a plug and Wi-Fi and a salad and my sweet and they refill the sweet tea and I literally sat there for like five or six hours one day transcribing tape and writing. Wow, that's incredible. All right so. There's a lot of waiting and travel. How do
1: you cut down on lines or even avoid them, whether that's at a car rental
0: or security or even the front desk checking in? Uh, we'll do the car rental first. You know, AP has a few preferred uh, uh, travel r- rentals that to, to go with, and, and Thrifty is one of them. Hertz is one of them. I'm in the member program, the membership, the points programs for both of them. Once you become a relatively frequent uh, user, you're quickly moved to a status of uh, that sort of passes the lines. I think with Thrifty, which I tend to use a lot, it's called Blue Chip. Yep. So you don't have to stand on the line; you can go right to the booth, grab a car. They'll have a name. They'll have they'll have your your paperwork waiting for you. So anytime you can join a rewards program, as far as rental cars, definitely do that.
1: Yeah, and th- that's one of those tips that I've always told people when traveling rental cars forget elite status and all that that's great but just once you sign up you skip the line at the counter yeah. and i don't care if you're driving a luxury sedan or jalopy off the lot if i don't have to wait at a counter at an airport i am so thankful
0: and more often than not i'm i'm traveling by myself i'm I don't need much of a car, quite frankly. Um, you know, I need something, but point A to point B, I tend to travel. I tend to drive smaller cars, so I'm not necessarily looking for a luxurious SUV. Small cars are fine. Thrifty worked great for me. And again, you pop past the lines. As far as in the airport, I don't know. I can't even remember what I paid for the TSA pre check, but it's already, I paid off times 10. Uh, I think it's 80, about 80
1: bucks. $85 for a 5-year membership or $100 for global entry, mm-hmm. which lets you skip the line internationally at customs and also includes TSA precheck domestically.
0: Right. And I I don't need the I don't do much uh, international travel even for vacations unfortunately, <laughs> but I don't do much international travel, but the TSA precheck has been great. Now I will say this, at some of the really busy airports and I fly out of New York, I'm based in New York, so I fly out of New York, the pre-check has become so popular that you're you're still hitting some lines there, uh, some significant lines. But more often than not, it is worth its weight in gold. I would say even if you're not a frequent traveler like you or I, yeah, if you're if you travel three or four times a year, it's worth it. Yeah, I would agree
1: with that, and I've had the same thing being based in New York, and I've actually gone one step further, and I pay for clear, which lets you skip to the front of the pre-check line. That I would not recommend unless you're doing 10 trips or more a year because that's about uh, – I think it's like 175 but I get a discount from elite
0: status The other cool thing about pre-check, I know this has worked for me, so I don't want to necessarily guarantee it's worked for others. But when I travel with my family, my wife does not do a lot of traveling. She doesn't have the pre-check, and I have a a 12-year-old daughter. But when we do our holiday traveling, because we are traveling together – They get pre-checked, too. They're not signed up for it, but they get the pre-check, too. So it's a little tip for people who are thinking, well, is this really going to be worth it? Yeah, you get to carry it over to your family members if you travel together. Yeah. So one more thing on flying. uh, Do you
1: take that first flight of the day? A lot of road warriors, even if they only have afternoon meetings, still do that, work in an airport or whatever, because once delays start
0: happening, they just pile up throughout the day. I'm not religious about that. Those first flights, 6 a.m., especially in the New York airports, because they're not necessarily not crowded. Mm -hmm. Those are rough. Um, So if I don't have to be there, I don't necessarily mind pushing it back a little bit. In fact, one of the things I kind of like, if you can do it. Now, it tends to be a little more expensive because they do value those later flights more. Um, But if you can get late in the day flights if you can really travel the day before you're supposed to be there mm-hmm. um, those tend to work out pretty well. Now again you, you risk the delay factor, but you also tend to get a little a, few, a few, few some fewer people in the airport. You get to the point where if you can go you know on a five o'clock or a later flight, you, the, the herd is thinned out a little bit. Let's get back to cars for a
1: second. You drive a lot. Strange place. Are you using Waze, you're using paper maps. How do you how do you get around and how do you find the cracker barrel or whatever you need to find?
0: Yeah. GPS, be it Waze or just the normal, you know, iPhone maps or Google Maps, is a lifesaver for it. really has been a, a major game changer for me because I am terrible. With directions, like my my simple sense of direction is awful. I can't find anything. <laughs> Any apps on my phone that I can use, I, I you'll never get. I'll never uh, get a GPS and rent it from the rental car company. That's that's pointless at this point. And, mm-hmm. and and they'll still occasionally try to sell you them. Yeah, but generally pointless. Your phone is fine. I have Waze or just the the regular uh, iPhones maps and, and put those in, and that is that is a lifesaver for me who doesn't really know how to get anywhere. I mean, I literally. Will do hundred mile trips and just plug in. Hey, I'm I'm in Dallas. I gotta go to, you know, I gotta go to College Station. How do I get there?
1: Okay, hotels. Good night sleep's important. I know a lot of sports writers are uh, loyal to Marriott out there. There seems to be this Marriott connection with. Uh, sports Rares, wherever it is. But how do you actually find a hotel, and what are those key features that you're looking for? You know, I go on Google Street uh, View and check to make sure the hotel's not next to rowdy bars, strip clubs, or something else that's going to make that stay a little unpleasant. But you know, what are your tips for finding a good place to spend the night?
0: Yeah, usually um, it's it's a little of the same, and it, you're trying to find a place. More often than not, what I end up trying to do, especially with, with college towns, is, okay, going to a college town on a college football Saturday, <laughs> they're going to spike those prices, right? Yep. So you will get a lot of, like, okay, I am I'm, I'm, i can't necessarily stay in – Tallahassee is, is one I'll, I'll throw out in particular because it's the worst. Mm-hmm. It's just – There's not that many hotels. When Florida State is playing on a Saturday, they're all booked up. And if you happen to get one that is free, it literally could be $500 a night. And the the AP is not paying for that. And quite frankly, I don't know if I would want the AP to pay for that. I don't think I'd want to pay for that. Yeah, I mean, to a certain degree, you have to take a stand, right? And just on principle alone, you're not going to spend $400 a night on a hotel. So a lot of what I end up doing... You're right. There's a little bit of that. Oh, you know, what part of town is this in? Um, Right. Do do I want to stay in a place where it's loud? Um, More often than not, it it tends to be how far away is the stadium? Um, Are there some amenities around the place? Um, And again, when I have to stay far outside of town, then it becomes a trick of, well, again, I'll go back to a recent example. Notre Dame is another place like South Bend on a on a football weekend. You're not getting hotel rooms. Yeah. So for four days or for three or four days, I stayed in South Bend. But then come Friday, the rates spike and I need to find someplace else to go. Um, M- New Buffalo, which is in Michigan, is not a bad place. You're about 45 minutes to an hour away from South Bend. So and the prices will be a little better. And it's also kind of nice. It's on. The, it's a bit of a resort town. So mm-hmm. that's kind of not a bad place to go. Another pretty good place to go was Valparaiso. Valparaiso worked out well. It was about 45 minutes to an hour away from South Bend, but it was also heading in the direction of Chicago. So the next day when I had to fly out of Chicago, I had already done a quarter or a third of my drive. So I I, I will tend to do a little bit of that as well where it's like, okay, I'm flying out of X. My destination is Y. What's in between there? that I can get a decent rate but also be accessible to the hotel when I have to make that drive or to the airport when I have to make that drive
1: what are you actually looking for in a hotel? I know some hotels are getting rid of desks, encouraging you to work in the lobby instead. They want to sell you some beer, maybe a burger. You know, Does that work for you? Are there other amenities that you need when you're finding a place to stay?
0: Yeah, I definitely want a desk. And, and I, You're right. I am a slave to Marriott's like most sports writers, <laughs> but I'm also not necessarily always going to be in the Marriott. The courtyards are fine. Fairfields do pretty well. Some residents in are okay, especially if you going to be there for a few days i definitely need a desk i really i will work in two different places i will work at a a place to eat Mm -hmm. or i will work in my room i really tend to try to steer away from anything else uh coffee shops are fine too but i also definitely want to be able to work in the room especially late at night uh aside from that you know the familiarity, it's not just, its not, listen, the reward points are nice, yep. but the familiarity of sort of knowing, I, I kind of know when I walk into this place what I'm going to get. And maybe the quality will range from one to five somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, it will be not quite the one, but maybe a three to four. And if it's really new, you're going to get a nicer hotel. But for the most part, I just like the familiarity. I know where everything sort of is. I know I'm going to get at least, at the very least, a a two and a half.
1: Yeah. I always look for, has this been renovated recently or what was the construction, especially if I'm picking two hotels, same price, a mile apart from each other, which one was the newest because you know it's going to be just a little bit nicer, maybe a little, little cleaner, whatever it is.
0: And proximity to events definitely does help. You know, anytime if you happen to be in a place where, okay, they're not gouging the prices, but it's a relatively shorter drive, or maybe possibly I could walk somewhere, uh, that helps a lot. I mean, anything with some things around it that make it a little walkable. I'm not much of a nightlife guy anymore, <laughs> Yeah, even when, especially when I'm on, sort of on my own. I'm not one to sort of go to the bar by myself and like pick back a beer. but uh but generally speaking i like to be able to walk some places
1: we're going to take a short break but please stick with us and we'll continue our conversation with ap college football writer ralph russo and some of his great tips for making travel easier welcome back to get out of here the ap travel podcast i'm your host scott merowitz and we're talking this week with ralph russo an ap sports reporter and host of the ap top 25 college football podcast All right, let's talk about fitness. I'm often stuck on long flights, in conference rooms, or hotel after hotel after hotel that essentially look the same. Personally, I don't always eat healthy while on the road, and I need to get some fresh air. I need to get a sense of being in a place. So I go for a run in the morning if my schedule allows it. I might not be able to experience a new city or town, but at least I feel like I've seen just a little bit of it, what do you do exercise
0: wise or any type of routine to s- stay at least active on the road yeah i'm not I'm not much of a runner anymore, um, but I do like to stay active i, I try to work out fairly frequently and, and either at a gym now the hotel gyms again it goes back to our conversation about familiarity with the yep. with the brands. you sort of have a pretty decent idea that at least you're going to get. Few dumbbells, uh, a <laughs> bench or two, and maybe a treadmill or, or an elliptical machine. So that I can make that work. I can do some stuff in my room, be it set up and push ups and things along those lines. If I am going to be in a place for a few days, and I'm not going to just completely tie myself to my laptop and actually give myself some freedom to take a take a little break, I will try to find a gym in the area. Mm-hmm. A Planet Fitness, an LA Fitness, something along those lines. Now, my local gym here in New York is not one that has a lot of branches. Yep. So doing a, um up-the-membership deal with that probably doesn't work out for me in the long run. Also because, because A, I'm not going to find it a lot of places, and, B... You know, I'm not sure I'm going to use it enough when I'm on the road, so I don't. I wouldn't necessarily recommend, at least you know, for me, it didn't make sense to necessarily up the membership so I can go to it in yep. different places. But I've noticed, you know, ten, fifteen dollars, you can usually get a, a day, a day pass. pass, and a lot of times, actually, the cool thing, a lot of times, the day passes are twenty four hours so you can get two workouts in you can go to two days and i've done that a few a few places where you you know you can get a couple of days workout in and i like to do that again just because it gives a little bit of more first of all it pulls you away from the hotel right mm-hmm. as much as when you go to the hotel gym you're still in the hotel it tends to sort of be very easy to pull you back into Oh, I got that other thing I needed to do. I have this phone call, and so you sort of—it's that mental break. Yeah, so it does get get you away from the hotel, get you away from work, and I I think that's a great way to go. All
1: right, let's talk about staying in touch. I've got a three year old daughter at home. I think you said you have a twelve year old. It's a struggle. Yeah, you know, I was in Korea for the Winter Olympics. It was a thirteen hour time zone difference. We would get on FaceTime as I was. In breakfast with a strong Wi-Fi connection, and just as my family was going to bed, and we talked for a few minutes. But like, what advice do you have for making this work?
0: Yeah, and and I, boy, apologies mo- now to our families. Right? Yeah, and most of the time, and like, and as you just said, like I I don't do very many international, so usually it's a three-hour time difference. I'll do a fair amount of West Coast stuff, and I even find that to be a struggle. Um, You know, because you can't do that early morning or, you you know, you have to wake yourself up at five in the morning to say goodbye before school. Right. Um, Yeah. That's that's tricky. So even that three hour time difference can be can be tough. You know, one of the things my wife and I sort of came to the agreement on is just making really promising that you'll make the effort. It's very easy for me. Maybe for others, it's not. It's very easy for me to, again, get consumed in work and sort of blow it off. And all of a sudden, you have a very tiny window. So, what I really do try my best to do is stop what I am doing and make a plan around I am going to call at this time. Now, I'm not always great with it. You know, you'll make that call from a restaurant at dinner and you just sort of hate doing that. But I really try to make the effort to say, okay, I'm going to call at this time. Eight o'clock at night, if we're on the same time zone yep. close enough or before you guys go to bed, when I have your attention and you have my attention, I think that's the biggest thing. It's very easy to make that phone call but not be invested in it, and then you're not really – what's the point? They're distracted, you're distracted, and you're not really talking. So I guess you know it's, it's a little relationship advice too, right? <laughs> if you're going to make that phone call, sort of be invested in the phone call, listen to what you're doing, stop what you're doing. And listen to what being said to you. Have something interesting to say back. Though I will say one, one funny thing somebody told me. Because, you know, sports writers, we have a pretty good life, right? It's not, it's, you know, yeah. we work hard, but, you know, there are some cool things about what we do. So when I was a young sports writer, I first started traveling. A veteran once told me, when you call home, talk about work, talk about travel, talk about the game and the people you're meeting But never talk about dinner, because the last thing your wife wants to hear is, while she's slaving over the kids and doing your job and her job, is that you just had a great meal at this awesome restaurant. Just just save that. That's
1: a fantastic (laughs) tip. All right. Let's switch gears a little towards packing. I'm sure you've seen this. You get to the airport, and there are people with these trolleys full of bags, like six, seven suitcases, and you're like, oh, you're going for three nights to Florida. That's fantastic. What do you actually do to make sure that you minimize the space? Are you checking a bag ever? And how do you pull it off?
0: I never want to have more than one relatively small roller bag. I have a duffel that has wheels on it as well. It's not particularly big. And I will... I fluctuated on this a lot of times. I like the idea of just checking it, even if it's close like there are, i I have a bag that i can I can bring in as a carry on and usually get it in a um an overhead, but I will often just check it just to be done with it and feel like you know what i i I'm not in a rush when I get off the this plane, especially when I'm flying to a smaller airport where you know generally speaking you're not waiting in long long to get the bags back. So I'm not against checking it. One small bag. Try to get as much in there as possible. Um, I've even taken now, you know, I can usually fold up a suit and not ruin it (laughs) in some of my bags. Though I've even taken now to doing the even more adult thing, which is not necessarily wearing the suit on the plane. But wearing a jacket on the plane, wearing yeah. my, my suit jacket or or a blazer on the plane, because usually I get get a little chilly on the plane anyway. So instead of just wearing a sweatshirt, I'll put a regular button-up shirt on, I'll throw my jacket on, and there you go. Now I don't have to worry about it getting wrinkled.
1: And do you mix and match your clothes or just find things that that way you know you're not packing, like, 20 different outfits? And if it's cold one day or hot the next, you're prepared?
0: Uh, I do a lot of traveling because of college football living in New York and as the season goes on there's a lot of big games that happen in warm climates right down south yep. so I will do a lot of starting I'm going from cold to hot so check the weather it's a sound sounds. Simple and obvious, but yeah, check the weather. The other cool thing is because I'm a sports writer. Listen, like one suit, one jacket, one pair of shoes. Like I, I'm not going for four days of business meetings where I feel like I need to buy, bring two or three suits or four, you know, four or five nice outfits. Usually, I can business casual, it, even maybe just casual, casual it for a lot of my time uh, in a place. But yeah, lean towards underpacking mm-hmm. and. You know, maybe except for underwear. (laughs) And look, you can always buy stuff on the road. And that is absolutely, positively what I always (laughs) remind people is like no matter how small a town you're going, you can buy it. Yes.
1: Speaking of that, I've learned you can always buy toothpaste. You can always buy a toothbrush. But what's the one item you cannot leave home
0: without? Oh, gosh. Um, That would be particular to me. Well, here's what I would say. Anything... I'll use this as my own personal one. I'll consider this sort of medical related but I have like wristbands because I have a little bit of carpal tunnel syndrome and I have three or four different wristbands that I'll wear either during the day, at night, when I'm at rest and things like that. So those are things that like very particular to like okay I really need this thing in my life. I really don't want to have to buy another one. So that is the thing that I you know when I'm sort of going through the checklist always have to make sure okay I got to make sure I have my wristbands. I got to make sure I have you know these These handful of things.
1: Great. So finally, let's talk a little bit about having fun
0: on the road. Mm -hmm.
1: Most of the time, you're in and out, tight schedules. You're not going to have fun. But I remember I was in uh, Huntsville, Alabama once for work. I finished my reporting early. There were no other flights out. I had a few hours to kill, and I discovered, on the way to the airport, the U.S. Space and Rocket Center. This is where NASA built the Saturn V rockets. It's home to space camp. You can't miss this. They've got 27 missiles and rockets behind it. You see it from the highway, and it's like, I got to stop there. And, yeah, I, I think I rushed through in about 55, 60 minutes, but it was just a little taste of having... Experience outside of work, outside of what I'm covering, outside of the same hotel room or the same hotel gym. What do you try to do to kind of give you, I'll
0: call it, a sense of place? Mm-hmm. Right, and a lot of times, again, I think uh, I tend to be a fuddy duddy, so sometimes uh, it's tempting to just, you know, what I'm going to stay in the room and watch TV because I actually have control the remote, <laughs> right, for for one time. <laughs> However. What I will try to do when I have a little bit of free time or when I'm trying to sort of experience is, is something outdoorsy, if it's possible, And whether that is, you know, a hike, if there's anything near a mountain, if there's anything near water, if, if if I can just not even drive to the beach to the extent of not even taking my shoes off, but get to the boardwalk or look at the ocean or something along those lines, anything that involves a little bit of nature. I love, I'm a sucker for mountains. It's always nice to be near a beach. Regardless of the exercise aspect, being in a place and seeing sort of, if you can find some natural beauty in a place, that's what draws me to uh, sort of acquiring that sense of place.
1: On that note, I want to thank our guest, Ralph Russo. Please check out his show, the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. This is Get Outta Here, the AP Travel Podcast. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember to rate the show and write a review. Our producer and editor is AP Broadcast correspondent Warren Levinson. I'm your host, Scott Meyerowitz, signing off for Get
0: Outta Here.